Hey everybody, welcome to the Revolution Podcast with Smitty and Dee. I'm Smitty, you got D over there on the ones and twos. Mm-hmm. Uh, right off the bat, we want to make sure that everybody knows that we are just a fan cast of the Revolution. We are in no way uh, connected or sponsored or affiliated with NBC or the Revolution. We are purely just fans and enjoy the show. Yes, and there are many other shows out there like us. But, but we're the best. Yes, we are the OG <laughs> We have the most hits on YouTube, woo, woo. so uh, definitely check us out. Obviously, if you're hearing our voices, you have checked us out. Hopefully, yeah. But if you guys like Revolution and you know other people like Revolution, then uh, send them our way. And as always, spoiler, spoiler alerts ahead. We will be talking about the episode, so if you have not watched it, you may not want to listen to this just yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we're going to do a recap of the first episode. So if you haven't watched that, first of all, you really should have. Yes. Second of all, uh, wait till you watch it, and then we'll go over. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to start off with a little uh, talk about what we saw last week. And if anybody writes in emails or comments, we'll talk about those. Yes. And then we'll go into the review for episode two. Speaking of which, if you guys uh, want to comment on our show or if you want to comment on the Revolution show, uh, we have an email address set up for you. That you can uh, send in comments or questions or whatever. It's uh, revolutionpodcast at yahoo.com. Revolutionpodcast at yahoo.com. Very easy to remember if you like the show. Mm-hmm. All right. So simple enough. We'll, we'll go into just talking about the first episode, which we really enjoyed. Do we have any comments or concerns about that? I, I know you said you read some on, on some uh, comment yeah. reviews. I read on a board that um, people were having a, a few criticisms. Uh, the two biggest criticisms that I, I was reading – well, the first one was uh, everybody assumes that the clothes are too new or everybody is uh, having complaints of the clothes not looking grungy enough. Yeah, that's what I w- that's the one complaint that I had read was or had heard around was that everybody was noticing. And I and I didn't really notice it in the first go, but now watching the second episode, I noticed it a little more. Yes. But yeah, every, a lot of people's clothes are a little too new. Not that they haven't been but used. But I'm talking about like they look like they're straight up off the Nordstrom rack. Right. Like they're still very vibrant, vibrant blues well, and what, vibrant, vibrant reds. And I'll give them that. We're like, even if I did wash it, I would think it would have faded a little bit. Sure. But sure. I'll give them that one. Issue. I didn't even notice it in the first episode, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't notice it. Um, after Obviously, after people commented on it, I later looked and went, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, but I I definitely in in my opinion I'm thinking to more of like this is is kind of a nitpicky critique. Oh, I mean, for sure. Look at the story writing. Look at the effects. Look at the how the you know actors perf- performances are. Why are you? Well, let's not look too deep into that because <laughs> <laughs> there's some complaints on that too. Uh, it does seem like there's been a. A lot of complaints. <laughs> so Bro, who knows? Going on to the, just just sticking with the clothes. Just I know it's already annoying people, but one little instinct too is like, all right, yeah, we may not have electricity for normal washing machines, but why couldn't we like hook up a bicycle with a yeah a belt and yeah. and basically still do the same washing? Yeah, I could understand that they're not pressed yeah. and a uh, you know dry cleaned, but. Who's to say, yeah, they didn't just go down to the creek well, and wash their clothes? Well, beating, beating clothes in the creek, um, that would – I could see that ruining your clothes in about like four or five washes. They're done. Mm. All right. But at least in the – you can still use the washing machine. You just yeah. don't have the – so you can still – I'm thinking. Maybe I'm, I could yeah. be a complete idiot. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that by yeah. any means. But that's what I was thinking. But like you said, uh, some of the acting was a little uh, critic- criticized as well. Sure. Where some people sure. were – I heard two in particular – 
was Nate, who is the uh, gentleman who saved uh, uh, Charlie a, a number of times already. Yeah, his uh, name is J.D. Pardo. That's the actor's name. So Nate, it is. <laughs> <laughs> J.D. Pardo. Uh, he, I didn't think he did that great, and neither did I. Uh, Charlie, what was her name? What's her actual the main lead? Yeah, uh, the main lead. Her name is, uh, let's see. Char- Charlie and Danny, the two. Uh, Tracy Spadankos. If you really want to know their names, go check them out on IMDb. I know their character names. That's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie and Danny, to me, so far, have been the, the – Charlie and Danny uh, have been the kind of the weak links as far as acting goes. But right, right. That was, I'm basing that on the first episode. I thought the second episode, they built up a little bit. I think they're getting a little more comfortable with who they are. Sure. I mean I do think that you're getting a good performance out of uh, the the big protagonist or I mean the antagonist, what? the uh, – Sebastian. Yeah, not well him as well as uh Tom Neville. Neville, the yeah. General Neville. He that character is is pretty good. Yeah. I mean I I like that actor. Obviously he just got an Emmy nod for for Breaking Bad, so I mean he's he's not doing anything wrong. Right. So he's definitely got a resume behind him. Yeah, uh, and, so and far, I like him. You had another critique that you said you you read online. Yeah, I read online again also on this forum um NBC has a uh, a community forum for Revolution, so if you guys want to ever go on that, and you can, you know, obviously voice your opinion or see who what they're talking about the show. One other guy kind of struck me as like, oh, I'm, I'm going to bring this up to Smitty because he talked about, well, this is totally bogus. This whole premise is piece of shit because. In real life, if people did have an electricity, like you know, leave the planet or whatever, there would be no humans living because our brains are ran off of electrical impulses as well. So there would be no electricity in our brains. That is an interesting concept. Yeah. But here's my one question, and I'm I'm everybody who listens to the show Smitty and D show knows I am no scholar, <laughs> so I could be 100 percent wrong. Right. But do EMPs kill people? I don't believe so. I never thought they did. I thought they were just an electrical field. I know we have electricity in us. I know there's synopsis going off. Right. But I thought it wasn't deep enough to hit us. Could be wrong. And then on a second thing uh, was if that was the case, then why haven't more people died from EMPs going off? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like before this actually happened. Yeah. Because obviously there was EMPs in this world before – now we're we're assuming hit. it's EMP too. So like, what if like some power grid like just got attacked? Like the main power, like how it connects to everybody else? I don't know. Right. Uh, but somehow, or, or a huge like a every, virus. Yeah, every power plant got just systematically hit at the same time. Right. Or what if it's a solar flare? Right. So right. that took out the electricity, but it didn't take us out because solar flare didn't. I, I don't know. It's all these things that maybe technically he's right. Yeah, he brings up a good point, but on the other hand, it's like. Shut up, nerd. Well, maybe maybe we're better insulated with our skin or something, <laughs> right? Than a, you know, than a, a car. It's a good yeah. We have uh, good conductors in there. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But but we'll just tell him to shut up and go with the story. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's almost like maybe it's just a bigger tell because he looked a little too into it. Of now we know it's something you know man-made or it's caused by something that wasn't you know something natural. Because it didn't kill the humans. No, it just turned off all of the machines. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it has nothing to do with, um, you know, electricity in the sense of like EMP like like thing, but something else. Right. Come something completely different. Maybe it's aliens. Who knows? You yeah. Don't know. 
Who I we're gonna find out. That's the whole mystery. And that's what I like about the show so far is that they haven't really delved into like right away we're gonna tell you exactly how the electricity turned off. No, it's gonna right. take a few episodes for you to go, Oh, that's that's how it is. I mean, I wouldn't wanna know after the second episode, like how they did it. Yeah, it's definitely you don't want to get revealed too much. They already revealed something kind of big in the second episode that I thought was a little too early yep, for yep. that reveal. I mean, they're already revealing in the first episode that the electricity didn't just go out because there's these magical talismans or power pendants that create energy or whatever. And you're like, how does that happen? Right. Is that like a reverse EMP where it just suddenly has this electricity aura about it? It's an iPhone hotspot. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that they actually have that, uh, you know, as uh, merchandise? Do you think if oh. this show takes off, they'll a power pendant? Oh hell yeah! yeah. They'll say they'll sell them out. That show was probably made before the show was created. We are gonna <laughs> sell so many of these. There's like yeah, I in, want one in the NBC warehouse. There's like millions of them. You know, you know they're gonna sell them as like you know little US, uh, USB well, that's uh, what they are, uh, yeah. uh, Little little thumb drives? Yeah, thumb drive there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, why not? I would wear one. Why not? All right. Well, I guess you about ready to move on to the recap? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're going to move right on to Revolution Episode 2, which is called Chained Heat. Yes. All right. And it starts off with uh, a flashback one week before after the blackout. Uh, ben, Charlie, uh, ben and Charlie are, are getting packed to leave, with, uh, and Rachel's talking to Charlie Telling her that she has to really watch out for Danny and, and never let go of his hand. Like mm -hmm. She's got to take responsibility over him. Right after that, they're walking through an abandoned city where she's asking, you know, like, hey, there's a, I smell smoke and there's no fire trucks anymore, darling. Just <laughs> just ignore that, sh that stench. Right. Daddy, I smell smoke. There might be a fire nearby. I don't hear any sirens. There's no more fire trucks, sweetheart. I thought that was pretty crazy, just showing how how quickly things went downhill. I mean, that place was already like a mob house. Yeah, like right, like a few days later, and suddenly it's, it's you know the the town is it's just fire and brimstone, man. Yeah. It's like hell, raining fire, and Dude, cars are overturned. That's and what I mean. I, that's one kind of the, the, the weird. nature's already overtook in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to know, like, would that really happen after three days? You know, if if the electricity really turned off. For three days, would this world just go to shit? Is electricity the only thing stopping you? That's like, I have locks on my door still. <laughs> yeah, and my st gun still works. That's not an electrical charge. Yeah, the the Bill of Rights is still kind you of yeah. At least in the first week, you think written. it'd still be going. But yeah, that <laughs> yeah. seemed a little bit much. But uh, then they they uh, jump to 15 years uh, after the blackout. Right. Uh, Charlie and Maggie and Aaron are all waiting for Miles. Who is happens to be in a, a sword fight? They don't really notice it right away. <laughs> yes, but he's off on a sword fight with uh, a Monroe bounty hunter, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. I, I rec that guy is a bit actor I've seen in a he's ton been of things. In a he's lot good of stuff. Yes, but uh, so and uh, obviously Miles ends up kicking some ass and uh, winning that fight, uh, and they they end up Miles is going to try and kill the bounty hunter, but yes. uh, Charlie talks him into. Saving his life, and they end up tying him away or dragging him and tying him up in a boxcar. Yes. So right off the bat, like in this dog-eat-dog -dog world, Charlie is kind of naive. Now, I'm not saying you should straight up, hey, you know what? Fuck this guy. Let's just stab him <laughs> in the neck. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're like, that's the second guy now Yes. that's been following you. Yeah. All right? 
And they're not hurting you, Charlie. Mm-mm. They're going after the people around you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like they, they seem – Charlie is invincible at this time. It seems like she is kind of a, a dual role where she's very empathetic and nice and wanting to, you know, provide mercy to people. But then on the other hand, she's willing to kill people if necessary as well. Spoiler alert. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> as of this point in time, she's still innocent. Right. <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> If they anybody's listened to this, they better have seen it already. I already <laughs> warned them. They know what's coming. This whole show is a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then we uh, we we fly over to Pontiac, Illinois. Yes. Uh, where Miles is off on his own, and the the rest end up staying at this bizarre type mall type. Yeah, it's like a, a feature small town kind of made up like almost like a farmer's market yeah it, it def- there you go farmer's market is a good way to put it it's mm-hmm. had that that very busy uh uh merchandise exchanging hands type feel going on yeah it felt like agrabah <laughs> there you go <laughs> exactly and miles is there looking for nora clayton yes. and it really feels uh the right there is when uh he's looking for, for nora clayton but then the bounty hunter shows up the one that they tied up which is like just the scene before so you're like man how shitty are you at tying knots yeah she didn't go through the eagle I'm scouts like, you guys he didn't even have to like run he was here before you you guys are fucking <laughs> you tie shitty knots and you walk really slow <laughs> what the hell's wrong with these guys yeah. but uh and then it was well, kind of crazy just too. that good yeah hey, he's just he's just he's a bounty hunter he's fucking boba fett yeah well, then he shows up and they, they do the whole hey Miles, and then he does the slow turnaround, like the whole bar <laughs> clears out Old West style. Yeah, there was people even that left the table. Yeah. They're like, uh-oh, I smell trouble. Well, golly, let me drink my sarsaparilla and get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's totally the vibe that I got from that scene. Mm-hmm. There but, needed to be saloon doors with like a little... Yeah, <laughs> and you just hear the clink, 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 clink. Yeah. It is weird that nobody is uh, riding horses as much. You would think that there would be more horse. You know, yeah, we only saw uh, just Captain Neville so far on a horse. Mm-hmm. But that's like, a good point. Where you did think, all the horses go? You would think that would go back to being a pretty uh, uh, useful right. item. Right, like the horse would now be the – Back to being a, a god. Mm-hmm, exactly. Nobody really uses them. Charlie and Maggie are, are uh, end up being used as hostages uh, so the bunny hunt, bunny hunter, the uh, bounty hunters, uh, henchmen end up cat- holding up Charlie and Maggie's hostages, and the bait works out against Miles. So the bounty hunters end up taking Miles away. Mm-hmm. So basically, he they they threaten to uh, kill Maggie and, and and Charlie. He's all, I don't know who they are, and they're like, Oh yeah, okay, we'll just kill them then. Ah, oh, fuck <laughs> it, you win. You caught my bluff. Yeah, I always love that move in TV where I don't know them. Okay. Yeah, sure, then you won't care about this, right? (laughs) Yeah, and that's always like the, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Like, don't you know that that never works? Like, that type of, like, I don't know him, kill him. Well, when's when's the movie going to come out that goes... Oh, no, no. You say you didn't know him. It's too late now. Stab, stab. <laughs> yeah. You you should have told me you knew him before. Mm-hmm. But, and even if you did say, like, no, no, don't do not do that. I know them. They could still just go, oh, you know him? They stab him just <laughs> yes. as easily. <laughs> it's so true. All right. So uh, they end up taking Miles away, and then we go to the next scene, which is where uh, Miles ends up uh, fights for his freedom, fight, fights himself free from these guys and ends up choking out the bounty hunter and he gets the info on where Nora is. Yeah, he totally snaps the neck. I was going to say, uh, well, he was sitting there, which, by the way, Nora might be in Forge Chatworth, in case you guys were ending. Uh, Miles, <laughs> he's confrontating, like he does, he ends up snapping the guy's neck, but that's where he was like in 
I think he did it before he noticed Charlie was like standing right there because she gave, definitely gave him the "you didn't have to do that" yeah, face. Yeah. We could have just tied him up and have him get to us later. Yeah, he <laughs> like, would have just killed us two days from now. We had two days. Hmm. Nor here or not. No. Where is she? She's probably dead by now. She got arrested for stealing militia gold. They put her in some work camp south of here. And for Chatsworth, I think. I think that's the thing with uh, with Charlie versus Miles is that there needs to be that conflict of, no, I'm a stone-cold killer, and she needs to be the, well, it's, no, no, don't. It's the good cop, bad cop, where, like, yeah. you know, one guy, they, they both are after the same thing, but one's a little grittier at it, and one's more mm-hmm. innocent and naive at it. It's the, yeah, realistic versus, uh, you know. Optimistic. Mm-hmm. All right, so we uh, move to the next scene from there where we see Captain uh, Tom Neville. Uh, he's riding, uh, and here they're riding up, on, and they hear a gunshot, all right? And so they go to the house or the nearest house that they think it is, and they, they talk to the owner, and they see a dead deer in the front yard, which yes. by all means did look fucking tasty. Yeah, it did. I would eat that shit I would, right yeah, now. Yeah, co- let's cook up some venison. Let's have some venison <laughs> right now. But uh, while they're looking at the deer, Tom Neville notices that, that looks like some buckshot. Mm-hmm. And in this day, 15 years after the shit happened, guns are illegal. You're not allowed to have guns, which is some – that now talk about some Nazi shit. What yeah. Republican allow themselves to give up guns? Yeah, exactly. You know, that was – this would be the only times where you would need guns Yeah, in a militia type of setting. Yeah, this is the, this is the opportune time to actually be armed, and mm-hmm. now you gave up all your guns, dumb. Yeah. But uh, so they ask him about the, the buckshot and his thing, and the guy says he doesn't – know anything obviously but they they prove wrong he brings out the gun and gives it to him they were about to attack his house like say like all right we're gonna search your house because we don't trust you he was like i gave you my gun yeah because you're so trustworthy because you were just (laughs) which i have to agree with neville on this one like yeah because you're a beacon of trust because you Mm -hmm. just had this gun behind your door you told us no yeah but anyway so they advance on him and that guy ends up shooting one of their soldiers yeah there's a gunfight that ensues yeah so uh, the guy gets one of the soldiers gets shot in the gut and then they uh, they end up killing that guy as well that, who shot him. But while they raided the house, they found an American flag, and uh, they had it. They, Neville has it burned. Yeah. So I guess like the American flag, like there is no America anymore. Yeah, they're rebels. And if you're uh, trying to be a part of the old United States, you're suddenly an enemy of the Moreau militia. Or yeah, whatever. like no matter what, like if you're American or the, anything, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're 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 an outcast now. Yeah, it's pretty much the new Confederate flag. It That's just what it seems like. Up. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Uh, just a little fun fact for that scene is we did find out Captain Tom Neville has a wife named Julia. So he does have a weakness somewhere along the lines that I'm sure is going to yeah. be exploited. Some chick actually saw that guy naked. And, yeah, let's. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm with that guy. That plus they said, I think it was the first episode where we find out he was an insurance agent before. Yeah. So, like, somebody – Married that asshole? Yeah, somebody wanted to marry an insurance salesman. <laughs> ah. But uh all right, so moving on to the next scene, we see uh there we walk we're in a tent like uh the Confederate type tent, the whole Civil War Revolutionary War style yes. where a guy is getting tortured, he's getting cut in the cheek with the uh the uh, uh razor blade. Yes, it's like a straight razor. Yeah, and then that's where General Monroe walks in. Yeah. Uh, and he, he stops him, you know, trying to play the good guy, saying, oh, we, this is not how we treat motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, wait, this is supposed to be a PG show. Sorry. <laughs> this is not how we treat our soldiers. Uh, so uh, he comes in, and he's asking the man, basically, 
where are the rest of the rebels are. Right, right. Where are the rest of your rebel bastards? Yeah, it's like a so far for seat. the PG. I am failing <laughs> in two lines. See, I, I'm terrible. Bastards in the Bible, so it's all good. All right, cool. Uh, so he find, he's looking for the rest of the rebels, and the man basically says that uh, the people may be scared of you, but I ain't scared of you. I ain't telling yeah. you nothing. Tries to tough talk him. Yeah. So he ends up getting stabbed in the gut. That's how, you know, Monroe doesn't want to torture people. He just straight up kills them. So I guess yeah. that's I guess that's a little bit well, better. It's mercy. Yeah. yeah. It's a little merciful. Now, uh, I have to admit that I thought Monroe, as far as a villain so far, he's good. He's, 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 he has that cool, calm, but, like, creepy confidence in himself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that comes across very, like, uh, psychotic. Comes across very Scarface-ish sure. where like, sure. this guy could snap at any moment. Yeah, it's you could definitely cool. tell why he rose up to the top. Oh yeah, he's got he's got a, a he he has a presence about him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting, and just the fact that he uh, that now we definitely know that there is a Monroe versus Rebels uh, yeah. big thing going on. Yeah, that's the big underlying fight. And uh, I can understand that you know he's yeah. trying to gain power, but also take uh, away your rights too. I mean, like mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. it's only fifteen years away from half the country should still feel like, hey man, we are have inalienable rights, yep. you know, and yep. you're taking that shit away. So there's still got to – I would imagine that the faction of rebels would be pretty big. But, you would assume unless they just started mowing down everybody and just killing everybody that uh, stood in their way or <laughs> yeah, said, right. you're not with us. <laughs> then we move on to the next scene. Uh, Charlie, Aaron, Maggie, and Miles, they're all uh, hanging out by a campfire. I think it was Aaron who finds Charlie's iPhone – or not Charlie's, uh, uh, Maggie's iPhone. Yes. And he's like, what the fuck would you keep – what? <laughs> Why the heck would you keep this around? This is kind mm-hmm. of weird. Yeah. You know, this needs electricity, and I don't know if you noticed, but we don't have any. <laughs> uh, but uh, so at that same campfire, Miles is, uh, decides that he's going to leave them, go off on his own, and meet uh, uh, Nora by himself because he's thinking the group is just too tough. It's, yes. It's, it's safer if he goes by himself. And they plan on meeting back at Lowell uh, later on. And I bet we find out then is that Nora is an explosives expert. So that's why he's really after her because she yeah. can blow some shit up. He was saying something like, um, in order to save Danny, we need this chick. What are you doing? I'm learning my lesson. I'll meet you in two weeks. Main Street in Lowell, Indiana. You got that? No, wait, you're leaving? I got to go get Nora. We need her. Who is this woman anyway? She's really good at blowing stuff up, and we can't get Danny back without her. Trust me. Miles, please, let us come with you. Hey, you dragged me out here. Lowell, Indiana, two weeks. Now, do you ever think it's a good idea to split up? Um, In certain situations, if you want to cover more ground or if you were looking for somebody or whatever, yeah, okay, I guess spread out. Yeah. But if you, you know, want to try to... Um, defend something or try to stick together because of a uh, safety element, I could definitely understand well, that I get, being advantageous. I get Miles' idea of like, because obviously, obviously we watched him fight and he's experienced. He can take care of himself. Sure. Uh, and you look at Aaron and Maggie and, even, and even Charlie. I mean, they're kind of, they're not, they're not experienced in the fight. And, and yeah. Aaron, especially, I don't think he's going to be running anywhere. Charlie knows how to hunt, but she doesn't know how to, you know, kill people. Exactly. So I'm, I'm kind of with him on this where I'm like, I'm thinking it'd probably be safer for, it's easier for one person to sneak in and find somebody totally. than for four people to sneak in. Totally. And so it's a better that badass back, move. Too. It's definitely a better badass move. <laughs> Plus I thought it made some sense. I, I, I definitely went with that one. So, uh, the very next scene is, is the next morning. Uh, and Maggie wakes up and Charlie's gone. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And she leaves a note saying that, 
I got to go after my, my Uncle Miles because I'm a crazy girl and I don't want to listen to authority. <laughs> yeah, everything that they tell me, I got to do the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So uh, right then, is that's when we went to a commercial with the dun-dun-dun mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm. When we come back and uh, Charlie is by herself, but she's – you could tell – she's walking through a forest, but you could tell like she notices something. Like yes. something's not right. And she starts to kind of like get away a little quick and she slides down this ravine where she ends up uh, falling and hurting her ankle. And yes. then uh, that's when we find out that Nate has been following her and he uh, tries to help her up and uh, and she does a little sneaky move and handcuffs him to a, a pipe mm-hmm. in the ravine. Yes. And uh, she's asking him like uh, why he's following her and he is saying that he's looking for Miles and the, and we, we find out too that he is also – being manipulative because his name isn't even Nate. We don't know what his real name is, but he tells her, my name's not Nate. Yeah. Oh, that's good, Charlie. Really, I'm impressed. Don't be. You're stomping around like an elephant back there. Why are you following me? I'm following your uncle, same as you. Those are the orders. Bring him back alive. So you're militia. You used me to flush him out. You're son of a bitch. So you're just gonna leave me like this? Yeah. You're such a crack soldier. You can figure a way out. Is your name even Nate? No. I've got orders. But then why'd you save me? Now, right there... First of all, the first episode, you should have told everybody he was there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, is, are, is she going to – I don't think she even tells anybody that he's stuck over there. Or that he was like, following her They need to take care of that guy because even if he doesn't want to hurt her, yeah. he's bad for the group. Yeah. She she keeps thinking that there's like some sort of like sliver of good in this dude for some reason, but – He's never given her any like reason well, he to did think get, that well, except her... for saving her that one time. <laughs> except for not killing her, but that's kind of minor. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, he did save her that one time. So I'm like, I get, I get the the leeway. We're like, I don't want to necessarily kill this guy outright. Right. But at the same time, like, I would definitely be. As soon as I saw Miles, all right, that motherfucker Nate's behind me. Mm-hmm. We need to go back and talk to him and interrogate him for some info. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Why are you guys looking for Nate so bad? Yeah. Well, Miles so bad. I mean, but ain't crazy. So. Uh, did you, uh, did you have anything else on that one? No. All right. So the next scene we have is uh, Maggie, who is acting real frantic, and Aaron tries to calm her down, and we find out that she uh, is upset because the she has that iPhone, mm-hmm. and that iPhone is her only access to her kids by because she has all of her photos yes. on that iPhone, and she can't see any of them. But she's But she needs hoping. to keep it closed. Hopefully electricity will come back somewhere and I'll be able to see my kids again. Right. Now that is kind of fucked up and sad. I'm like – I kind of – like as a person who does the iPhone picture thing or like just the cell phone thing where like I keep most of my stuff is digital. Obviously. That would be kind of rough. Like I have nothing as far as like pictures and, and memories of those type of things gone. Mm-hmm. That, that would be kind of rough. I want to know like if, um, if the electricity does come back, is there going to be – any iPhone chargers around because that would kind of suck is that if you, you know, everything goes back to normal, but,
but there's no more charger, yeah. so you still can't use it, or you still can't, like, get my pictures. Dang. Well, you got to imagine, like, okay, the first week or first month even, people are probably raiding the shit out of all those stores. Right, so, right. yeah, they probably take all that kind of stuff yep. and then, like, find out later on it's useless. Nobody's – it power mm-hmm, doesn't come back, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you got to think there's probably just some ghetto warehouses somewhere that are just filled with that shit. Yeah, yeah some old, uh, you know, Best Buys. Yeah, just... but you go to Best Buy and they got nothing. <laughs> that would be that would that would suck even worse, man. But That's now like... we also set up um, more of a backstory for Maggie because now we're intrigued of how'd she lose her kids? Yeah, how'd she lose her kids? And, and we want to know more about her. Like, how does she end up getting with Ben and mm-hmm. and being involved with Charlie's yeah, life? How does she get with Ben? Bow, chicka, bow, wow. mm-hmm. All right, so moving on to the next scene, we have uh, Captain Neville who's talking to the shot soldier, and we see we uh, we see the real. Uh, humanitarian side to, to Captain Neville. He's telling the kid, basically, at this point, with what we can do is you are going to die. There's yep. nothing we can do about that right now. You can make it slow and painful, or you can drink this little concoction I got, and that <laughs> shit will kill you kind of quick. But, uh, so, obviously, the kid takes the drink because who wants to just, no, I'll take the eight hours of pain, thank you. Right. So the kid drinks it, but Neville is being real sweet, talking about, like, hey, the other side, you're not going to have any stress. Yeah. Life's gonna be good. You're going. You're going to a good place, and things are gonna be better. And right. So it's like you see that there is still some humanity to this Neville guy. Like he may be a bad guy, like as far as following his orders and, and being under the the Monroe leadership. Yeah. But he does have a, a, a hidden gem. He, you know. Where you're going, you'll be warm and rested and fed. You'll be with your family, and the best part. You'll bask in the brightest, most beautiful light. He is a villain with a heart of gold. Yeah, exactly. So I don't I don't think he's going to be the guy that's going to uh, kill you just for the fun of it. He'll do it if he has to. But hopefully, like, I think, I think we're seeing foreshadowing in that he has that slight humanitarian side where he won't – he's not going to do something – at some point, he's going to be asked to do something major. And he's yeah. going to definitely be on a moral uh, – uh, conundrum. Yeah, he's gonna be making. He's gonna have to make a choice, and you would assume the way his character is kind of leading into is that he might, you know, choose sympathy or Let's choose, hope so. uh, you know, some some compassion instead of being this hardcore like I'm just gonna. But then again, do my job. But then again, he is like really quick and steady with that handgun. It's true. Like, he doesn't seem to be hesitant about like, all right, you pulled the gun out. Well, fuck you, dead. Dead, yep, yep. dead, and he seems very, very easy with that. So that that can we'll see what happens with that story. But uh, okay, we'll move on to the next scene. Uh, we see uh, Charlie is walking and sees a a basketball, which kind of like sends her into a flashback. Yes, right where we see uh, Charlie and her mom, and uh, Charlie is chasing a basketball down the street, and it gets caught by a stranger, who ends up uh, grabbing Charlie and threatening to hurt her if they don't give him all their food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is just some guy that's obviously looking for food. He's probably starving. Yeah, this so, is right after well, yeah. the blackout. So. Obviously, things are tense, and he needs it. He's starving or whatever, but he threatens him with Charlie, and that's where we cut out. So that we're just getting these little clips of flashbacks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so then we move back to uh, Miles. Uh, she He finds Charlie, and she explains that she has to help him because Danny is really all she has, and, and she raised him. She, that's she feels uh, yeah. a huge responsibility over his welfare. She was the surrogate mother after um, Rachel. Rachel dies. Yes, 
So that so that was a, uh, another like. Obviously, we know they're brother and sister, but now we know like they're even more than that. It's almost a motherly son like bond. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. I raised you. I know you're my brother, but still, I walk wiped your butt. <laughs> yeah. Then we uh, we go over to and we see Aaron and Maggie and they're they're hanging out at the uh, yeah well they're hanging out I think by the campfire and mm-hmm. Aaron is telling Maggie about the power pendant he kinda, yes. he kind of reveals that uh, Grace Beaumont and who is who Aaron is supposed to get the pendant to yes and I believe I I'm pretty sure that Grace is that is the black woman from the end of episode one that we yes. see typing on the computer to somebody yes so we know that Aaron knows who he's supposed to be getting to so there's like this nice underlying like underground uh, or like a rebellion type thing going on like we got to get this little emblem this could yeah, help type it's thing. almost like an underground railroad type of thing yeah and so we know that more people more than one person has these power pendants so it's definitely yes. like a, a network of people so we take this to this grace woman and she does what with it i don't know ben just said she knew something about the power this doesn't make any sense but that that's the thing I think it actually might. How? The blackout, that doesn't make any sense. Totally cornhole the laws of nature, and it shouldn't be permanent. We should be able to fix this, but for some reason we just can't. But if it were man-made... Man-made? Why would someone do something like that? Listen, if I'm right, then this is good news. This is the best news. How? Because if it's man-made then maybe we can fix it. It's got to be man-made. It has to be. I mean, even in the first episode, you see the way it goes down. Like, I'm thinking, and this is just obviously my novice side, if it was like a solar flare or something of that sort, mm-hmm. it would have pretty much done all at once. Yes. Where in this one, you can ep- you, you can see that there's an epicenter to where it goes out from. Yes. Like, shit happened here, and everybody got fucked over from it. Yeah, and it just waved out. It was like you threw a, a stone in a puddle, and it just, you know, the ripple effect. What if it's something like the Hadron Collider? Oh, right. You know, well, like they, they, they slammed they two atoms together. We're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we can still have electricity. This just basically fried the system. We yeah. have to re- we have to re-put out all the wires, so mm-hmm. it's going to take forever and a day. But electricity is not something that we can't ever have again. That That is a cool idea. Maybe. We'll see where that one goes. But that's what he, he, get, he leaves it open that it's man-made, so it's something that we did. Mm-hmm. All right, so we uh, move on to the next scene. Where uh, uh, Captain Neville is burying the soldier who, who passed away, and he's saying a prayer. And while he's saying a prayer, Danny snickers at him, and Neville tells him that he's a uh, he's doing what he has to. Uh, Danny basically tells him that he thinks that Neville likes to be bad, and Neville <laughs> says, "Oh yeah, let me choke the shit out of you to prove that you're <laughs> you're right, maybe." Yeah, let me prove to you that you are correct. <laughs> yeah. And I have to I have to say like Danny may have hit on a point there where okay Neville may not be a bad guy mm-hmm. but he's been doing the bad thing for so long yeah. that it's almost too easy for him to do it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no more uh, res- remorse or there's no more second guessing things and going should I really no it's I'm just doing it. Yeah, just do it because that's what we gotta do. Yeah, he's just set on this. I'm just taking orders. I'm just doing my job. Yeah. It's it's kind of nuts. I, I can see it happening. Well, uh, you always see that in any type of, like, you know, strong military where, you know, that guy is no joke because he has to do, you know, he's always the person that has to deal with the tough decisions. Yeah. And that probably gets to you after a while. If oh, you're you always just become cold. To, you're like, yeah. there is no heart. I don't want to put my heart into it because that makes it hard. Mm-hmm, if I mm-hmm. just take myself out of it and just say, kill that guy, 
Yeah. And don't think about it. It's easier. Yeah. I mean, every job is kind of like that, you know, when you when you're dealing with with hard decisions, you just get numb to it eventually. I, I got to imagine. But uh, yeah, that, that'd be a tough, a tough <laughs> thing to get to get used to. Yeah. And especially when it comes to life, <laughs> murdering people, killing people. Yeah. All right, so we move on to the next scene where Miles and Charlie see the soldiers uh, towing a chopper through the woods or through the forest. And that's where they see Nora is actually one of the, I guess you would call them almost slaves. Yeah, they're slaves. They're imprisoned for sure. Uh, She's like a slave on the line, and uh, the guy in front of her falls to his knee. So the soldier just shoots him, straight out shoots him. Like, Mm -hmm. "Ah, you're not going to work? Doc, that drink a day's pay for napping on the job. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it was straight up blazing saddles. <laughs> and and these people were basically just people that didn't pay their taxes, which is weird because you don't have a government, but you still have taxes. Well, so taxes are beyond governments. I, I don't think taxes will ever end because whoever's in charge, <laughs> you got to pay them to stay safe. Right. It's the uh, mob mentality yeah, type of like government. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then we move on to. Uh, Miles uh, comes up to Nora at night, in like in the middle of the night, and helps her escape. But uh, Nora's like, God damn it, don't help me. Yeah. <laughs> she's trying to stop him. And she says that she is uh, planning on stealing the sniper rifle. Yeah, she, she infiltrated the slave camp on purpose because she wanted to steal a sniper rifle that the warden had. Yeah, she's uh, definitely uh, a badass herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we see uh, Nora, we find out that Nora owes Miles. For something, because uh, Miles was basically he talked her into it because uh, he says, "You owe me, and you yeah. know what for." We don't know what that owe him for is yet. I'm it's sure a we'll life find debt. out. It's got to be something pretty big, pretty major. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we got to. That's going to be an interesting thing to find out what that is. Uh, and she agrees agrees to help because obviously that was big enough to be like, ah, "God damn it, you're right, I'll do it." Yeah. So she agrees to help, but uh, she wants to get rid get the rifle first before she uh, uh, leaves and helps them find Danny. Obviously. So. In the world when, when where guns are illegal, man, the man with the sniper rifle is king. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> you get yourself a nice high enough perch, no one's going to get close enough to you. And he looked like he was a straight-up warden from Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> what we've got here is failure to communicate. Yeah, I was definitely looking forward for or what him. the man wants, <laughs> he gets. I was wanting that uh, that warden to say something like that because he had, like, the hat on, the circle glasses, the big shotgun. He definitely had the, the, the good old boy uh, yeah. warden look. And there was, like, literally a chain gang right next to him. So I'm like, is this a scene from Cool Hand Luke? <laughs> that Are we going to have an egg eating contest pretty soon? What? What's going on? <laughs> Where's Paul Newman? He's yeah. got to be around here somewhere. <laughs> He's got some of that dressing, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, so then we move to the next scene, which is that uh, Nora is making some kind of uh, sweet MacGyver-style gun. Yeah. And uh, she just makes, like, yeah, it's straight up like MacGyver. She just takes, like, a barrel and a couple of flints or some sort of, uh, you know, explosive yeah. desi- device and then uh, makes a little, like, musket that you can hide under your uh, jacket. Yeah, it did look pretty badass, actually. It looked yeah. very uh, uh, Assassin's Creed-ish. Mm-hmm, slash... Uh, you know, Mythbusters. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Charlie says that she will take the gun and shoot the guard for the to get the rifle. And that was a big argument between Miles. Like, uh, you're a hunter. You're mm-hmm. not a killer. You can't do this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? 
What'd you say? I'm a woman. I could do whatever men can do. <laughs> I'm independent. At least, at least that's what I heard. Yep. Yep. You heard women's suffrage. <laughs> yep. So they uh, they end up strapping the gun on on her wrist, and uh, uh, so she goes up to the the guard shack or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, and she gets caught, which on purpose. She yeah. gets caught, and she tries Taking to say, in. "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm sorry. I was just out here hunting. I did not mean to stumble across whatever this crazy <laughs> bullshit you got going on is." Don't worry, I have slaves back in my camp too. But before we get to the action there, this is where it got rough for me for writing down trying to tell the story because this is where flashback went for like two seconds and then it went back to normal. <laughs> Flashbacks, present. So, flashback, present. Yeah, it was tough. So they went flashback to the guy that to the when she had that basketball and she got taken by the the guy like five days after the blackout. Yes. And so he, she's being held hostage, and uh, Ben comes out, her dad, and threatens to shoot the guy. Mm-hmm. He's like. I'll shoot. Don't do this. I have to shoot you. And then, you know, basically his uh, morals or whatever got the best of him. And he's like, fuck, I can't do it. So he stops. But then the very next second we see, boom, guy gets shot. And we look over and we see Rachel with the gun in her hand. We're like, oh, shit. Mom's got cojones. Yeah, mom is wearing the pants in this relationship. Yeah, man, that shit was a little nuts. And it, and it, a little unexpected, I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting that. No. Because uh, yeah, you 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 thought that it was just gonna be uh, you know a, a tense moment. He wasn't gonna shoot him, and the guy was just gonna walk away. Well, I honestly, here's what I thought. I thought it was gonna be that tense moment. Dad's gonna be like, I can't do that. Well, fuck, I need it. I need it, and then do it and shoot it. Yeah. But I didn't think up. mom was gonna be like, oh, if you can't do it, I got the balls here. Right. Do this. Like, <laughs> wow, that was that was pretty crazy. Yeah. That Especially with nuts. like you have your daughter in your hand. Yeah. That is crazy. Well, I guess that's the thing when when you. Uh, affect your daughter. Maybe, maybe uh, mothers do feel a little bit more of like a the hey, mother bear. Yeah, I'm gonna, f- I'm gonna screw yeah, this dude. Maybe. Up. I mean, it's your livelihood. I get it. Then we uh we come we flash back to the present time and we see Charlie uh does she takes the shot at the guard and she she shoots the guy that has the rifle. Yes, right. So she got that guard. She goes after the rifle and she's in a struggle with another soldier. Uh, we see Miles and Nora and they come in to to. To help out. Yeah. And uh, Nora ends up getting stabbed, which we don't really know how bad that's going to turn out. I mean, Mm-mm. she's she's cut for now. We'll see what happens. Um, Charlie fights with the guy and then ha- ends up blowing his head off with the damn rifle. <laughs> yeah. Was that was sick. Crazy. That was sick. Yeah, yeah it was cool very cool. Scene. We definitely find out that Charlie is a bit of a badass herself. Yeah. When, when she needs to, she, you know, steps up just kind of like her mom where, you know, she has that sympathetic – um, type of demeanor, but when push comes to shove, she, you know, it's the survival of the fittest type thing. She yeah. needs to step up and take some, some people down. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. And then we move up to uh next scene is Miles tells Charlie that uh, she did a good job, uh, but she really explains to him about like, hey, 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 I just killed two people. I yeah. don't know if that's really a good job. <laughs> But she, I guess you see that, all right, she's definitely in that beginning stage where, like, maybe later on she's going to get a little tougher to having to do shit mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. right now she's definitely taking each one very hard. I killed two men today. Maybe that's not a big deal for you. Maybe it's another Monday or whatever, but it is to me. We shouldn't have to do this. Things should be, I don't know. You are very unusual. What's that supposed to mean? It's not an insult, Charlie. 
It would be tough to I, kill I, a man. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to be doing it. I Especially mean, in that type of environment where it's not like, you know, a simple, um, this guy's trying to rob me and I'm just defending myself. Right. No, it's like. Well, she's not, actually the, the aggressor. She's actually the yeah. one. I'm going up to you and shooting you yeah. before you get a chance to shoot me back. That's a little different. For a, a gun. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to save my brother. Miles tells Charlie he did the good job. Uh, Nora had, We find out that Nora has a flag tattoo, so she's got to be part of the Rebels. And Miles gets pretty mad at her for joining the uh, Resistance. Yeah. So Well, it seems like he's kind of like like a Han Solo in a sense. Where yeah. He's like, I'm not part of the Resistance. I obviously don't want to be These part of the These guys are Empire. dicks, but I'm not part of you guys. Yeah, I don't want to fight. I'm just in it for myself. And I, I'll, I'll give you that like wholeheartedly. He definitely has a Han Solo edge to him where like he's a badass. He's a... He can kill – yes, Han Solo shot first. I don't care what George Lucas says. <laughs> and this guy's the shoot first kind of guy. And totally. And it, it definitely has that vibe. So maybe that's another reason why I like it because I am such a Star Wars dork. I am noticing now that I think about it, there's a lot of parallels of Star Wars and this show. Yeah, Aaron is kind of like the Chewie. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> but there uh, is like a rebel and like, you know uh, – an empire, yeah, for sure. So There's definitely and... a big battle between good and evil and mm-hmm. the forces, and we'll see how that goes. It should be interesting. And we have the force, which is kind of like power pendants. Yeah, there so like you go. who has the power of the force? All right, so we uh, move on to the next scene, and we go to Grace's house. This is the the lady who has the power pendant as well as access to communicate through uh, uh, the, yeah. the IM via computer. Uh, she's invaded by a secret guy who comes to the door, and she like. She answers the door and she's like, oh, shit. She shuts it and (laughs) slams it and blocks it real quick, runs upstairs, and she sends out a message. Uh, We don't really know who she's talking to yet, but she sends out a message saying, Randall is here. Mm -hmm. All right, so assuming Randall must be somebody really bad. Yeah, very – and maybe maybe even worse than Tom Neville. I mean, in in Monsters, Inc., Randall is a chameleon who's a bad guy, so we never know what this guy could be. Maybe it's Steve Buscemi. (laughs) He's doing double duty from uh, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, man, he's going to play the gangster, and he's going to play a gangster. (laughs) (laughs) It's a huge stretch. But, uh, Uh, yeah, it definitely – you don't – Randall's uh, persona is not revealed, so you just kind of see his feet, and you don't really know who he is yet, or maybe it's a chick. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. We'll find out. It's still definitely very interesting. And then we come to the very last scene of the show – which is where uh, Sebastian walks into Rachel's room. Yeah. We find out that's reveal. the big reveal. The bump, bump, bump. Rachel's alive. Charlie's Whoa. mother is alive. What? Yeah. So uh, Sebastian comes in and basically just tells her that Ben is dead. At first, I'm thinking, like, maybe she's in on it with Sebastian. But once he tells her yeah. that Ben is dead, uh, she has the reaction like, yeah, you're, you're a dick. Yeah. I really hate you. But maybe she's the one that's pulling the strings. Maybe it may she's be. part of the Monroe, and he's just the. I don't um, think so because because I mean he tells her that she also has her son, and she kind of flips out over that. But then he chokes her and tells her to give him the answers. Mm-hmm, so like if mm-hmm. she was really in charge, he is not treating her like it. It's true, you know. So I'm thinking uh, that family, they Sebastian Madison, he knew that she was part of the family that had access to whatever happened. Yes. They don't maybe really know what's going on, but they just know that these people were involved with it. So maybe they can fix it. Yeah. That's my assumption. And, and they're just trying, I don't know what they think the kids can do. Cause the kids are seriously like what? Four and five, three yeah. and five when they, yeah. the shit went down. So like, they're not going to know anything to do anything about it. Mm-mm. Dad and mom are the only two that could really do anything. Dad and miles. I mean, I guess like Ben could have like told her later, 
you know, 20 years okay. or 10 years later. Could, could have told her tw- 10, 20 years later, but, like, would she even have a concept? Be like, all right, sweetheart, you go up to this power grid. Power grid? <laughs> yeah. You, you change this fuse. What the fuck's a fuse? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm, mm-hmm. it would be, like, it would be very difficult to explain somebody without having all of that there to actually show them, yeah. this is yeah. what that is. Yeah. And this is how you do that. I, I, I mean, it's possible. I mean, they have power pendants, so who knows? But now here is a big reveal, or you're just wanting to now watch the show more because, A, how did Rachel get out, or why did she fake her why own Why is she death? separated from the family? Yeah, why is she not with uh, with Charlie? Yeah. And why does Sebastian and Rachel still kind of have, like, a relationship, or why? Like, I'm assuming it's just to try and get the answers. You mm-hmm, know, she, mm-hmm. she was trying to use him probably to get to Ben or, right, or Miles. Right. But uh, uh, one of my just theories that I was thinking of recently was these power pendants may be more of an answer than we think. Like maybe when like it's almost like you know one of the twin powers activate. We're like right. when you have the however many pendants there are actually together, together, shit works. Everything's fine. Right. But as a safety element, maybe like we're being attacked or whatever or whatever the case may be. All right, we take these pendants out, and this is a way to secure this area. Yeah. Without anybody really knowing what the fuck to do because there's no, like, plug-in switch. It's like switch. a fail-safe. Like, yeah. in order to have everything work, we need 12 pendants in this area. Yeah, like, who, who's to say, like, maybe, like, Sebastian and his government or, or somebody else was almost to our nukes. Right. Or, like, even our president was going crazy and he was going to start nuking everybody. Yeah. And so, safety, we took out these power pendants, took out the power. You can't do shit to anything. Yes. And that was saving our lives. But now we can't tell them that we did it because now we're traitors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. And also... You know, it's like any type of, uh, you know, huge system. You always have multiple keys or multiple facets to turn on or off that system for that fail-safe reason. You know, you need, like with any nuke, you need two keys to, like, turn it on or, or operate yeah. it. So why wouldn't you need, you know, multiple pendants in order to keep Just a guess from running? But if any of you guys have – I'm sorry, go ahead. There's also information on those pendants as well. Because he had like that flash drive that he took that information from the laptop on the oh, first that's episode. Oh, right. In the very first episode, Ben put – Yeah, so maybe that's like the information put onto that is – Whatever code you need to get things started. itself or whatever. Do yeah. you like to play a game? Exactly. Uh, that would be awesome. Now, if any of you guys have any comments, concerns, or get, uh, theories as what is going on in this world, please contact us at 626-SUCK-IT-5. That is 626 Five four eight five. Uh, leave comments, concerns, any messages you think we could play them right here on the show. Yeah. Uh, if you want to leave emails or uh, is a revolution is it revolution podcast? Yes. At yahoo.com or the revolution? No, it's just revolutionpodcast.com or revolutionpodcast at yahoo.com. Okay. And then if you guys go to our website, which is revolutionpodcast.podbean.com. You can leave comments there. You can obviously download the episodes, subscribe on YouTube or iTunes. You can leave comments on our iTunes page. Um, on iTunes, it's Smitty and D's Revolution Podcast. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of uh, the Revolution Podcast. Uh, stay tuned. We apologize for this episode coming out late, but we will try to get every uh, new episode right out on Tuesday. Yes. From now on. Um, and like I said, please uh, play along. We'd like to hear your side of the story, too. For sure. So, uh, all right, you revolutionaries, make sure you check out the show.com That's our, our regular show. Check us out there. Until then, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Be good revolutionaries. <laughs> <laughs>